0: Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales.
1: Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show. My name is Gabe Howard, and today we are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. We're going Uh to talk about Vincent. Oh, God. (laughs) For listeners of the show that have been around a while they they probably know that that Vin and I have known each other for well a long time we were family friends we grew up in a small town and and we've bonded over many many things but one of the things that that really bonded us together is is early on we we both realized that we suffered from well mental illness and we realized this before we realized that the other one did and and it, there's a complicated story there but there there really is something to say about birds of a feather flock together. And when when Vin and I came up with the idea for this show, we we really wanted to have an authenticity and and early on we thought, well eventually we're going to have to get around to interviewing each other so that people know that we really do walk the walk and we have lived experience. Now, I am much louder and I write a lot more so people are aware that well, I live with bipolar disorder. So we thought we'd skip over me and leapfrog straight to Mr. Whale. So then if you can tell us a little bit about, well, yourself and living with, well, what mental illness do you have, sir?
2: Okay. So yeah, I have a persistent depressive disorder, formerly known as dysthymia. Basically what that is, is a pretty much constant low level of depression that in my case, never goes away. There's pretty much not a day that goes by that I don't have depressive symptoms. The irony about this is that it took me an awful long time to realize that I, that I had this. I was in college at the time, and I knew that sometimes I got depressed, but you know I thought everybody sometimes got depressed. The real turning point for me came when I was I was at home I was at the local mall and I bumped into an acquaintance of mine I had not seen in in several years I was very happy to to see this person and we chatted for a couple of minutes and then out of the blue she just says why are you so depressed and now in my head I'm thinking um I'm happy right now I'm I'm excited to see you and and holy crap I have a problem
1: now, did she say depressed or did she say sad? Yes.
2: No, she said depressed. That she was actually, her exact word.
1: Yeah. She actually recognized uh, depression. Now, how old were you when, when this happened? You know, you say a long time ago, but...
2: Well, I was in college at the time, so I was in my early 20s, probably. Maybe so, 1920, yeah.
1: So as, as far back as then, you you recognized that your outlook was different from from a typical outlook.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... always had a weird outlook on life but (laughs) but yes yes i
1: i like your weird outlook but there's a there's a difference between having a, a unique perspective or a weird outlook and 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 feeling depressed feeling sadness so deep that it that it turns into or is depression so the first thing we want to cover is what's the difference between feeling sad all the time and feeling depressed all the time this is this is something that listeners they get confused about a lot they're like well hey i felt sad does that mean that i have depression and we're quick to say no but but there's a big difference
2: there well in my mind the, the difference is the root cause i mean sadness you can you can easily point to something my dog died sure that makes you sad yeah my favorite TV show got canceled. Sure you're sad. Depression though you can't point to anything. It's like I have no idea why I feel this way. But I felt this way yesterday, I'll probably feel this way tomorrow, so I guess it's normal then, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, it, it's it's you know that's the interesting thing for normal because you said I guess this is normal then. Well, it, it, it is normal for you. Yeah, but we decided the new, that the it's new normal. Right, right. It, it it's normal for Vincent. But it's abnormal for the rest of the world. Now, when something is abnormal, we 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 tend to consider it a disorder or an illness, and that means there's a treatment. What have you done to treat your mental illness? Not don't name names of medications, sure, et cetera, but, sure. but what's your what's your basic plan to not be depressed every day?
2: Currently, I I do take an antidepressant. I've been increasing the amount of exercise that I get, that sort of thing. But I think more significantly for me is that it took me an awful long time to accept that my depression was not something that I could personally control without help. In college, after I had that incident with my acquaintance, I did look into things. I, On the advice of another friend from school, I went to our school's uh, free psychological counseling that was available to the students, and I had the 10 free sessions that, that we were granted I did not at the time notice that there was any improvement after that. Although in later years, when I looked back on it, I could see that, yes, it it did help me at the time. But I did not, um, I did not consider antidepressants back then. Many years go by. The depression continues to screw up my life in ways that I'm not really able to pinpoint to, to be the fault of depression, but it does. And I remember, um, even telling my first wife, I said, "Look, you know, I, I I do have depression issues, and if you see me acting depressed, just just ignore it. I'll deal with it on my own." Which is exactly the wrong thing to say. I mean, that was the stupidest thing. But that was that was my mindset at the time. I did not need external help. I could deal with this, and it's not because I'm, you know, this macho kind of he-man because you know i'm not but i still had that mentality
1: did she follow your advice
2: sadly yes now she now, did
1: you said first wife which is a obviously. yeah kind, i know that you're divorced indication. but that gives it away do you do you think that her following your advice and essentially ignoring your depression led to your divorce
2: it was certainly a factor yes yes i believe it was
1: as somebody who suffers from depression myself, I I have bipolar disorder, depression is part of that. I I obviously don't want to spend my time hanging out with somebody who's depressed because it kind of causes that that, you know, that swirl factor that, that I call it. I'm depressed, then you're depressed, then you're depressed, yeah. so I'm more depressed and 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 down the tubes we go. So what's interesting is you know, Vin, I don't I don't really consider you a depressed guy. I, I know that you you do you do suffer from persistent depressive disorder, and you and I have certainly talked in times that you need help, but you know I, I see you as a, a funny, sarcastic guy that literally has a bomb with an F on it, so that it is an F bomb. <laughs> you also have a block of wood that says writers on it, because it's a writer's block. So you're you're a witty funny guy, and, and listeners to the show know that, well, you can be sarcastic. So which part do you consider the real you? Because you say that you feel depression every single day. So is that the real you, or is the snarky, sarcastic Vin the real you? Talk about that for a while.
2: Well, it's both. You know, they're, they're not separate people. Neither one is more real than the other. They're just different aspects. You know, it's like this writer's block that you mentioned. It doesn't just say writers on one side. It has a W on, on one side, an R on the other, an I, a T, and so on. You know, all, all sides are, are, are there combine them all. Then you have the whole block. And that's, that's how I am too.
1: I love the fact that you held it up. Like the listeners on the podcast can see it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you realized after talking with your acquaintance that you were depressed. Mm-hmm. Vin, did you ever have suicidal thoughts?
2: Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, again, during college, um, there were times when I, um, I was so bad that I just felt like stepping in front of one of the transit buses. Never did, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, it certainly crossed my mind more than once.
1: How did you avoid it? Why
2: didn't you? Well, it's going to sound weird maybe, but I had that one thing that was my anchor. Now for a lot of people it's, you know, their, their family or, something like that. But for me, specifically, it was the book I was writing. This is my first novel, one that's never been published, but it, it was the most important thing to me in my life at that time. And as long as I had that, I had a reason to stick around. Now, there were times when I contemplated sitting down in the middle of the floor in my apartment with my paper manuscripts in front of me, and a lighter in one hand, and thought about just burning it page by page. Didn't do that either.
1: Vin, you are a writer. You're not just a writer. You're, you're an award-winning novelist, and, and you edit all of my work, so so thank you for that. <laughs> you, you've written yeah. quite a few books on your own, and one of the things that I notice as a reader is there's always a character in your book who has experienced depression would you say that's because of your experiences? Is that why you write that? Cause you write fiction books. We should, we should point that out there. These are not hence novelists.
2: <laughs> hence, novelist.
1: <laughs> hence, <laughs> hence novelist. Yes. But, but for, for people at home that, that are, that are, that are stupid yeah, like you know, I you're,
2: am, <laughs> you're probably right. I mean, I, I never really thought about it in that term, but yeah, I think it's probably true. You know, they, they say, write what, you know, of course I, I say, write what you're passionate about. And, uh, I, I guess, combine the two and you, you've got some good material. So yeah, I, I always do have a character that's a lot like me in that respect.
1: The series that you're working on right now, which the, the first two books are out, the third one is coming soon, uh, is Dynamistress Mistress. And...
2: Soon is a relative term, I just want to point out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you have told me, and, and, and really anybody that, that asks, that, that Dynamistress Mistress is based a lot on you. And she herself yeah. has, has well, mental health struggles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Tell us about yes. that. Tell us about Dyna Mistress and, and why you wrote it that way.
2: Wrote her well, that way. In order to do that, I have to tell you how she came to exist in the first place, which had nothing whatsoever to do with me writing books. It had to do with me playing video games. Because she was created after my second divorce. <laughs> when I needed... An escape. I needed I needed something to just mindlessly occupy my time. And since I did not own a television at the time, I turned to to online video games. And I was playing a game, which now no longer exists, called City of Heroes. Superhero game, because how cool is that, right? So I created this character. Dynamistress was that character. And at the time I I was just playing the game just to you know, blast things and do the, the online adventures and stuff. And that's all it was. You were looking for an escape. Yeah, it was a distraction. But then I fell in with a, a group of online players who were very, very much into the role-playing aspect of it, whose characters were very fleshed out and had backstories and all of that, which of course as a writer is way cool to me. So I said, all right. And so I started playing with these guys and they naturally started asking my character questions about herself, to which I had no answers because she was just a distraction. That's all. So where was I going to draw my, my information from? My own past, largely. So basically, yes, Dynamistress is me in drag. My- <laughs> so yeah, a lot of her life was was pulled from my own.
1: I, I think what's interesting is I, I have read the novels and and I I often think that Dinah Mistress encompasses both the best parts of of Vincent M Wales the desire to help people to save people to be to be more than yourself uh, with with a touch of suddenly a fifty year old man with hair all over his body became a young attractive superhero with with gorgeous yeah, hair on had, her head you had to go there <laughs> I, I'm always going to go, gonna there. go there because
2: yeah.
1: I, I think what's ex- what's interesting to me, though, is you could have written Dinah Mistress to be anything. She didn't have to have a mental health issue at all. She could have been perfect in every way, but this was important.
2: Well, that's boring. It,
1: well, but it's you don't write the mental health issue as her fatal flaw. You write it as, as sure. where she grabs her strength and where she gets her compassion. And, you know, look, as as your friend, I know that your struggles are how you gain your strength and it's, it's why you help people. And it's, it's interesting to me that you could have, you could have written anything, but, but this is the part, I mean, you have other medical issues, Vin. You're, you're not just a, it's not sure. your only medical issue, but it's the True. only one that Dinah has. Why is this so important to you of everything? Why didn't you give her
2: high blood pressure? Well, I just didn't think that, you know, most very active and trim superheroes have that particular issue. So, most of,
1: people don't think that active and trim superheroes have depression either.
2: That's fair. But you that bridged that gap, and you bridged it well. And I made her a suicide prevention counselor too.
1: And there's a an incredible scene in an upcoming book.
2: In the next book. In yeah, the in the next I've book. I've spent that, seven hours total on so far.
1: Well, so far. I mean, it, it's probably going to so take far. you twenty by it's, the time that it's, it's done. It's,
2: Oh God, I hope not, man. That's It's just one scene, you know? But, but it's yeah, an important scene. It is an important scene. It's where she's dealing with a suicidal individual and um, chooses to approach it not as a, a, a superpowered person, but as a counselor. So yeah, it's it's an important scene to me and I think too it would lead to a lot of people.
1: We look forward to that coming out. So Vin, we only have a few minutes left and usually you don't, hear this as a, as somebody being interviewed, you, you say it as the co-host, but (laughs) what do you want the world to know about what it's like to live with persistent depressive disorder day in and day out? I mean, even in treatment, you, you still, Mm -hmm. as you've said, struggle with it every day. You pay attention to it every day. What's that like? What's the takeaway? Is there hope?
2: Well, there's always hope always. I would say though, that the one thing that I would like people to be aware of. And this is not specific to my disorder, but it's become very, very easy to hide it from other people. Doesn't make it go away. But like you said, you don't consider me an oppressed person. And frankly, it's because you know when you and I are corresponding and, and everything, well, we're usually insulting each other and laughing. Right? <laughs> to to other people, my my coworkers, for example, you know, they don't they don't often see that side of me, the depressed side of me. So I can put on a good front and it's become second nature to do so because you don't want to always encounter people saying, why are you so depressed? So you, you take action to avoid that, even if it's fake.
1: I know you cringe when I ask other people this question and you know, I, I tease you a lot for being old. You're you're not actually old. We're we're close to the same age, but you've learned a lot and you've gained a lot of experience in, in life. And I know this is a funny question and I know they're not ones that you like, but if but if the Vincent M. Wales of today could go back and talk to the the Vincent M. Wales of, you know, two hundred and eighty-seven years ago. To the Vincent M. Wales who was who is twenty years old, what would you
2: say? What would you impart? Oh, so, so many things, but I suppose we should keep it to the depression thing. So, (laughs) well, I I would obviously say, look, this, this thing inside you is not something you can control just by wishing it away or by being strong. That ain't going to work. So get help. Don't be ashamed to get help. Don't be afraid to get help. And. For crying out loud, don't tell other people just to ignore it, because that's just stupid.
1: What help do you wish you would have sought sooner?
2: Well, when I did finally consent to go on antidepressants um, in my 40s, it made a big difference. And I, I can only imagine what my life would have been like for those 20 years that I should have been taking them, but wasn't.
1: Vin, thank you for your candor. Obviously, I love doing the show with you, not just because you have a lot of great insights, but also because you're my friend. And I, I think that adds real value, but uh, I always appreciate you uh, taking everything that I dish out and, and adding your own uh, opinions and thoughts and, and knowledge. You, you have quite a bit of knowledge, both lived experience and just straight up mental health. So, you know, I pick on you, but it comes from a place of love. I know. thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode of the psych central show that's a wrap and we'll see you next week
0: thank you for listening to the psych central show please rate review and subscribe on itunes or wherever you found this podcast we encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show PsychCentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. PsychCentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohol, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com.